just wanted to call to say that uh, none of this shit with Afghanistan is my fault. Just want to say, I know that I started this shit, but I just want to take zero responsibility for this right now. Okay. Uh, I am simply uh, sitting back here just painting dogs and veterans and shit. What up, world? Welcome back. To another exhilarating episode of the Amera Podcast, episode one fifty four, the best number. Today is Wednesday, August eighteenth, twenty twenty one, and it's about five thirty p.m. If you cared, and we are here to give you the little Ameripod review of what's going on in Afghanistan right now. As you may have heard, if you've been listening to the news or watching the news, it's pretty startling how quickly the Taliban's taken over out there. So we wanted to touch on that today. But before we get started with us today, we have the original crew minus one Tyler Grillo. We have John Kelly out in the Denver metro area. How are you today, sir? Oh, just just great. Um, happy to be back to talk another super uplifting topic on the pod yeah yes and, you know if you really think about it uh afghanistan as a force in international politics as well as domestic politics has been around basically our entire thinking lives you know for the for the three of us at least sure you know. yeah 2000 2001 yeah my capstone paper for our history major or i it wasn't my capstone class was compare and contrast the wars in Afghanistan, Iraq, and Vietnam. And then I wrote a whole paper called The Graveyard of Empires on uh, Afghanistan. Afghanistan was a major focus of uh, what I studied in college. Like, deliberately, I was very fascinated by that in particular. So, um, wild fucking weekend. And that is John Anderson also with us Everybody. this evening. How are you today, sir? I'm exhausted from studying for my podcast citizenship test, but I'm looking forward to it. And probably through going through that process, I will, in fact, have a deeper understanding of the inner workings of, of our podcast and have a, a deeper, uh, probably love right? and a different kind of love that's that's really enriching for our, our podcast community, if you will. Mm-hmm. Indeed. And I'm your host, Blake Mannion. And what's, wait, what's your name? What's your name today? Oh, it's just Blake. That's it. Oh, man. <laughs> it's a curveball. That's it's not uh, a curveball. That is a curveball. Right. It's, uh, it's yeah. Tyler usually gives me the nicknames, first of all. But if this you is why we to, need Tyler. It's, and the only we'll reason it, we need Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. He's more useful than that. <laughs> Give him some credit. We'll call this the uh, Montucky cold snack rails. <laughs> there we go. Rolls off the tongue. It does. Quite refreshingly. Hey. So um, let's get into it. I, I've i seen a lot of mixed opinions, you know, a lot of op-eds coming out, some for Biden's decision, some uh, kind of, I don't know, slapping them on the back of the wrist about uh, his current decision. And I got to say... There's some information that came out that I didn't know about. Like, I didn't know we had negotiated this with the Taliban with 
the Trump administration. Um, so that's that's good information that I'd like to touch on today. But and, uh, ultimately, uh, ultimately, I feel like you know this this needed to happen, and the Taliban they were going to take over as soon as we s- stepped out, anyways. So. Yeah, so that's that's one of the like. I think that that like I, I I was talking to listeners. I was talking to the guys earlier, and I was like, I kind of want to put together a decision tree for all this. And I think the the whole question of like, do you think we would have ever been successful in Afghanistan in the first place is like one of the first questions up there. And 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 an interesting side note with all of this is this is one of the very few topics in American life that does not crop uh, cut. N- nicely across party lines uh right now which is which has been a, a really interesting thing to observe um sure. and i think yeah. actually maybe like a good thing for the country um right. but that's that's like not long run yeah hopefully yeah but that's not totally germane to this discussion i don't think um but i you know like i justin amash who was is a libertarian uh congressman what came was a strong um uh, opponent of Trump, even as a Republican, he he tweeted out like, "If the Afghan army was defeated in eleven days, this was never ever ever going to work." And I have some amount of sympathy for that. And then the other side is, well, we had we were going to have twenty five hundred troops there. We had we had coalition forces who were helping us there. Uh, American troops were largely doing intelligence or air support. They weren't primarily in primary combat roles. The Afghan army was a lot of training. Yeah. A lot of training roles. The Afghan army was losing ground, but they were losing ground because they were taking over the primary roles of um, fighting. They've lost 60 something thousand troops in this. And so I, I, I think it's a really, really, really hard. And then you say, okay, well, the reason they gave up is because America gave up on them. And so if we don't do that, if we fully support them, do, do they have these massive setbacks or not? So I, I don't honestly know where I come down on that question. I, um, I, I don't think it's clear at all, which one of those is true, but I wanted to present both of them with like equal value. Cause I think both of them should be considered with equal value. I, and I mean, I think that there's a grain of truth in both. You know, because mm-hmm. it isn't it isn't clearly just a black and white thing. And, um, you know, just to just to go back a little bit when you talked about. This issue being cr- uh, cross sectional across many different mm-hmm. ideals in the United States, I mean, uh, we can confidently say that three of us were against the Afghan war to begin with 20 years ago when it started. Right. I There's wouldn't a lot say of that. that were. I like. Oh, well, I was. Uh, I probably. I mean, it's kind of hard for me to remember, honestly, because it was like the seventh grade. Um, but I would imagine uh, that at in the very beginning stages, I was like, "Yeah, we, this seems good." And then as it went along, it was like, "This is probably not good." And then you know, we. And can, that's where the majority of American citizens are, and that's right. that's what I was trying to get at. It's something like mm-hmm. it's somewhere between seventy and seventy-five percent of. Pulled, pulled people say that they wanted to be done in Afghanistan over the last mm-hmm. year. And that's both Democrats and Republicans. That's independents. That's all over the political spectrum. Um, you know, before I get into uh, speculating about how we could have made the exit better, um, because I think that there's ways that that could have happened. Um, I'll just, I'll just say first off that I, I've really just been disappointed in the 
political commentary about it over the last few days. Um, it seems like there is just entirely too much finger pointing people on the left gun. This is all Trump's fault for the way that he tried to organize it. It's uh, right saying that it's all Biden's fault for the quickness that it happened. Um, and, you know, people who really had an understanding and a deep understanding of it knew that it was going to be a messy, uh, you know, disengagement from that area. It was never going to be an easy, hey, we'll just leave and pack up. Everybody will be fine. You know, <laughs> the government that was elected in Afghanistan will, you know, find a peace treaty with the Taliban or the Taliban won't attack them any longer. And no, it'll just be sunshine over there. It'll be totally fine. Like, um, you know, and it's it's sad that there's such a short remembrance of um, the difficulties that our own troops face there for a long time. And so, you know, I'll say that and then also just throw shade on people who are calling out Afghan veterans online because it's completely unnecessary to <laughs> rail on troops. I uh, mean, in, in oh, you mean um, U.S. Afghan veterans? Yes, exactly. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, Afghan war, yep. I haven't I understand the political necessity of this, but I haven't loved some of the messaging coming out of by the Biden administration on the Afghan army itself. Um it's it's um like yeah no wonder they're quitting right what's uh, some of that messaging been basically basically similar not as direct but similar to what justin amash said which was if they felt this quickly it was never ever ever going to work and it, it was more it was more specific to the point of you know if they if if the basically if the afghan president wants to leave and troops want to lay down their guns and they don't want to fight for it why should we fight for it alongside them right yeah, and I think Biden said that in his speech, like, why are Americans dying for the Afghan army or the Afghan nation when Afghans are unwilling to do it? And, the, you know, one of the responses is they've lost 60,000 troops. So it's not like they haven't been fighting. So and another thing to note that is very that is I don't think we've we've I've, I've noticed a lot in the commentary, but Biden of the four presidents who fought this war is the only president with a child who has been in combat roles. And I think that that played a rare, a very interesting bit in this. And I think as, as a lot of us know, typically generals are like the least enthusiastic about military action. A lot of, mm -hmm. especially in this country, a lot of times it's the political leaders who are more enthusiastic about military action. So foreign um, intervention in general, usually. Um, yeah. And then, and then usually driven by, you know, hawkish members of Congress. As right. Well. But, um, you know, and then I think that uh, as far as the finger pointing goes, there's been a lot of it. It's been rather annoying. I have. Uh, yeah, it has been. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, it's I've been, so ridiculously annoying. It's like, like gee, Trump, Trump ran on a platform to try to end Afghanistan. Right. And Biden was like, I'm going to continue to do that. He yeah. Ran it's, on it. He got yeah. elected. It was clearly going to happen. And now everybody's like Biden failed or it's Trump's fault that this happened. It's like. There was no easy strategy. This was across out. 20 years, four administrations, uh, mm -hmm. two Republicans, two Democrats. This was a bipartisan failure. And the reason it was a bipartisan failure is because the American people didn't want to deal with this shit. And so the, the Bush administration and the uh, Obama administration and the Trump administration all just kicked the can down the road. It looks like they all lied to the American people or at least colored the truth about how it was going there. And there's a, there's an argument to say, 
Biden pulled the plug on an already failed event. It failed in 2003 when we uh, invaded Iraq. It failed in 2011 when we decided to re-up the troops there. We should have pulled out in any of those stages, and we didn't. And Biden was the American president to make a hard decision, and he had the courage to, to do what was best for the nation, even though he was going to hurt the nation in the short term. I think that that's a good argument. But again, like the counter argument to that is, okay, well, what does South Korea think today? What does Taiwan think today? Like Hmm. there's American partners who are looking to us to defend them. And if we're doing this kind of stuff, does, do they feel confident in us? And that has real world effects. And so again, like I, I, I'm trying to present the argument and counter argument as best I know them for just about all of this stuff, because I think it's an incredibly difficult question with basically no clear answers. And so I think yeah. Biden might say, okay, well then we should just pull American troops out. Right. Yeah. I read that, um, in, in another one of these op-eds this week that the best time to leave Afghanistan was right after we killed Osama bin Laden. Right. And we didn't. Yeah. Yep. I mean, cause, cause like that, that kind of repushed a bunch of fervor from the American people. It seemed like it was a nice bow to the end of it. Right. We could declare victory. We declared victory and it could have been a much more orderly kind of evacuation process. And really what happened then is that the continued presence grew the Taliban power more in a lot of outside areas. Um, And and let's talk about, so I think there's, very clearly lots of room to criticize the Biden administration about how this exit has gone. Um, General Milley came out today and said no intelligence that he saw indicated that um, the Afghan army would fall like this. They, they had, to my knowledge, um, assessments uh, that uh, the, there, there was basically no assessments that said that the Afghan government wasn't going to fall. It was a matter of mostly weeks, some months, a little bit of years, maybe, but yeah, it's going to be at some point the, they're going to fall without American support and so, or, and coalition support. And so, you know, it looks like, well, very obviously they were wrong about that. Um, but it looks like maybe we don't know yet. I think we don't, we don't know. It seems like the intelligence community was really right on it. And it seems like the decision at the top, coming from Biden was that it's a risk I'm willing to take no matter when it happens well, and then sugarcoating it prior to it, to the American people. I think the, it, that uh, won't happen. I think the intelligence assessment was, was weeks to months and this was days. So I think we can probably say the intelligence assessment was incorrect. Right. Um, but if you want somebody at the top planning it correctly to extract your allies correctly and try to support people as you make your exit, you have to take the worst and the best and have it in a spectrum. Well, like, I think their their worst was weeks. And so like they were that's that's not what I read, but okay. Yeah. What was the source of that? Like I'm I'm basically quoting Millie today, who said um no intelligence assessment he saw um had the Afghan army falling in 11 days, which is basically where we're at. I just read something before we hopped on, on the New York times. Um, I did not click on it, but it said something like the CIA or the FBI had information that the Taliban would move swiftly. Uh, But that's about the extent of uh, my knowledge. Right. 
So, well, I mean, I, I, I could be wrong. It could be the in, interpretation of what they meant by weeks, right? Right. 11 days is almost two weeks. So. Right. It's true. Um, so one of the points that I read that Biden uh, critiquing Biden's exit strategy was the fact that he announced the exit so publicly and that it allowed the Taliban plenty of time to create a strategy around that. So this is a, a, a fundamental argument that uh, we've had going back to um, the pullout of Iraq. Uh, General Petraeus was a, a major critic of this type of strategy. So the, the, what the argument against it is, okay, well, you just tell your enemies when you're going to leave, so they're going to not do anything until then and then do whatever they want after that. And then right. the, the, the pro side of doing that is, well, you, you signal to the world, you signal to your allies what's happening, and so you give them responsibility to go out and, and fend for themselves. You give it an indefinite date. There will never be a pullout ever. And so you you have to make it public in order to actually make it happen. And I am um, I think it kind of depends on whoever to determine who's right. I think it depends on the lens you're looking at. If it's a military lens, it's clearly do not give them a date. Uh, if you're if you're through the political lens, it uh, it, it, it seems like maybe a, there's a good argument for a date. Uh, looks like we have somebody calling in right now, guys. Um, special, special caller. Hello. You're on Ameripod. Hi, yeah, this is a uh, former president, George W. Bush. Uh, and, uh, I just wanted to call to say that, uh, none of this shit with Afghanistan is my fault. Just want to say, I know that I started this shit, but I just want to take zero responsibility for this right now. Okay. Uh, I am simply uh, sitting back here just painting dogs and veterans and shit. And, like, I don't don't vibe away at all. You know, and this is really all about freedom. I just really hope the uh, the Afghan people uh, get their freedom. You know, had nothing to do with oil. Oil, excuse me. Or Halliburton. Hallahoo? Hallahoo? We don't know who that is. Nothing to do with any of that shit. And I'm just very, very sad. So I just wanted to make sure uh, to set the record straight uh, on Marathon mi- that mi- uh, this had nothing to do with me. Mr. Mr. Former President Bush, uh, this is John Anderson with the Inglewood Courier. Uh, would you mind if I ask you a question? Uh, please go ahead. Uh, thank you, sir. Uh, it's well, it's it's um, something to talk with you. Um, my my question to you, sir, is: uh, Do you do you do, how would you answer your critics who say that uh, rediverting American resources, attention, military power, political will? Uh, allies support, etc., to the war in Iraq actually uh, was the moment that we lost Afghanistan. How would you answer your critics, sir, who say that? Well, I would ask, I would answer that question with another question: Is what would you do if someone went after your daddy? Huh? Would you just sit back and not divert resources? No, no, you wouldn't. No, you wouldn't. Thank you. That's a. Very eloquent, huh? Mr. Bush. So, Mr. Bush, we were just discussing that one of the ways in which Biden failed, perhaps, in his strategy to remove troops was in the fact that he announced publicly the exit strategy. How, how did you feel if, if you were to pull, pull troops out? How would you have done it? I'll tell you what we have a saying in Texas. Never show a raccoon your butthole. 
you know. So I think I, I, I think that one pretty much speaks for itself. Uh, but uh, if it was up to me, if it was up to me, I would have been, been there one night, gone the next in a flash. Flip a flash. I'm over here. I'm over there. Where'd I go? You never know. And uh, so I think he made a mistake. I think he made a mistake. Uh, but, you know, like I said, I'm not a president anymore. I'm just painting dogs. So, uh, you know, take it, take it for what it will. And we are huge fans of your artwork. Uh, maybe you can paint, paint us something and send it over sometime. We'd love that. Yeah, that would be that would be an honor. Those are that's how I like Mr. To my President time. Uh, John Anderson with the Inglewood Times. Uh, I I have a follow up. Um, this is a question, not a suggestion. Maybe you can paint an exit strategy uh, in your next painting. Maybe maybe that would be a useful useful uh, uh, use of your time. Using the raccoon. I'd like I'd like a big old mission accomplished banner. Now, mission accomplished banners. I know all about that. I know all about that. So that 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 one, I'll take to heart. I have been considering getting a little more abstract with my work. So maybe I could make a uh, an Picasso esque exit strategy. Uh, it would certainly involve uh, going down and having some drinks on the beach uh, in Texas somewhere. Uh, because uh, that's Mr. President. I think you have already accomplished a Picasso exit strategy. I think you. I think you are well on your way to that. So thank you for your service, sir. Hey, well, genius recognizes genius, so uh, thank you for your <laughs> questions. <laughs> All right, well, as you know, I'm very busy uh, painting, uh, so I'm going to need to get back to that. Um, I'm also starting to think about, you know, maybe doing some terriers, doing more terriers. Uh, also, Akitas. I like those dogs. Mm. I like those wolf dogs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. But uh, thank you all for your service uh, to America. And uh, let me just say in closing, uh, although uh, if we could just try to keep this not entirely on the record, fuck Donald Trump. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Freedom. You. Thank you very Appreciate much. That. All right. Wow. I love it when he calls in. President w. We've yeah. had, this that's is the, the second time. president we've had on the podcast, I think. Yeah, and I think that's Bush's second time calling in. Ah, all right. Well, the first time was not memorable enough for me to remember it. So fuck you, Mr. President. <laughs> Hopefully you remember this. <laughs> <laughs> so back to our discussion. Woof, on, how do we get back to here? On, on exiting. <laughs> on exiting uh, <laughs> Afghanistan properly. Yeah, so nice. Thank <laughs> you. Uh, obviously, gigantic failure. Um, we we should have allowed more time. I think we can fully say that. There should have been a lot more resources. Now we're sending troops back where we already pulled them out. Um, there are right. people who will lose their lives because of this because they can no longer. Basically, if you can get to the airport, it looks like we're doing an okay job now of getting people out. But the country yeah, is obviously much bigger than an airport. So, yeah, it, you know, to, to get back before we had our distinguished caller, you know, John, you were you were on the right track. Where there has to be some kind of balance between right that outwardly public announcement, right? This is the date we're leaving, and a more clear setup internally with your allies, and especially with the for the local forces on the ground of how they're going to react, right? And it yeah. seemed like there was just. It was, and, and you know, it, it, it's impossible to tell since we're not sitting there in the Biden administration and what the conversations were like. I'm sure we will learn a lot about this in the next five years. There's going to be a lot of books that come out about this. There's going to be a lot of discussion that comes about this. So it'll be very interesting to see. Um, but I would not be surprised at all if, you know, a lot of the uh, domestic policy stuff 
infrastructure, especially over the last couple of months, took precedent um, over the planning and preparation for the withdrawal. Um, but you know, that's something that we'll we'll have to see coming up. It, it definitely does seem like a uh, uh, failure on the planning side. And, you know, it, it, just like anything, when you have fought for so long for something and you've put your blood, sweat, and tears, you put blood and treasure right into the graveyard of empires, as John so put it. Um, it's just, it's disheartening to see people falling off of planes who want to get away from, you know, religious extremists who are taking over their country. And that's what we're talking about, you know, what happening a, right now in Kabul. You know, what so. a hell of a bookend for uh, the images out of 9-11. Reminded me exactly of it. And it's just like, and, and here's the other thing, all these motherfuckers out there that are like, why would we taking these refugees? Almost guaranteed any refugees that come now are people who risked their lives to work with Americans. They're oh, interpreters. Yeah. They mm-hmm. worked at our bases. They worked at our embassies. They worked with NGOs. These are people who believed in the mission. These are people who are in a, largely innovative, smart. We want these people coming over here here they will enrich our society and so diana DeGette, governor polis senator hickenlooper senator bennett as a constituent please 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 abby and i both would like you and ike everybody there's a chorus would like you to support these things please right and and over the next couple weeks as the refugee debate continues to happen in this country don't forget all the Republicans in Congress that voted against increasing visas for immigrants from Afghanistan two weeks ago and are now trying to take the humanitarian platform to say that we should be welcoming people uh, after they voted against a bill to increase <laughs> visas for them. Uh, so just keep that in mind, right, that they can't have it both ways, um, even though they'd like it. And, um, you know, uh, John said it right. You know, this company, this country is based on immigrants. And it's what's really has made us good throughout our history. And, you know, um, a lot of these people are friends of former soldiers. They helped us with the mission and, you know, we should not abandon them and we should not allow them to lose hope. You know, what, what I see as, you know, besides really cleaning up the mess um, that's there is just what's going to happen right with the Taliban back in charge. It's, it's a big question mark of how it's going to go in the country, you know? They're trying to put on the last couple of days a, a nicer public face. Yeah, right? I don't believe any of that <laughs> right? shit. Yeah, they, I don't believe it either. Yeah, I don't no, believe it either. They're going to crack down on people hard as soon as they can. They're, they're the there's same already been Taliban, yeah. except they're more media savvy now. That's what's right. changed. Right. Exactly. Right. They have, they have a spokesperson who is going to be nice and soft and looks pleasant. Uh, but, I mean, one of the first things they did was let out a couple thousand prisoners. You know, like I guarantee you. Oh, are you talking of- about the Trump administration? Sorry. I <laughs> don't mean to be one of those finger pointing assholes, but they oh. uh, they let out the, their, the deal they made with the Taliban. Part of the peace treaty was they they got a whole bunch of Taliban prisoners released. Sure. Right. Uh, I, well, no, they one of the first things they did when troops uh, pulled out of the airport was, I guess, there's a prison there and they released thousands of prisoners. Right. Of course they did. Yeah. A yeah. bunch of a bunch of them, especially in Kabul, were political prisoners. Um, right. And so my point is that like 
of course there's going to be violence after thousands of prisoners have just escaped. Like, even if it's not Taliban related, like there's still other things going on there. Right. Well, I, th- I think those people were largely Taliban members, but yeah, yes. I, oh, you're, no you're, no, no. I'm just saying like greater point is, is taken that. Yeah. There's, right. there's going to be chaos likely. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Like what do you think is going to happen with thousands of people are released from prison? We'll see. So, and you know, then, you, your heart goes out, you know, yeah. there's going to be a lot of, women who are no longer allowed to work and support their families, right? Right. Beaten in the streets. If they talk back to a Taliban member, right. And the Taliban taking political stage in an international system as religious fundamentalists in an already unstable region. Right. It's, and it's just, it's not good long term. (laughs) No. And and part of this is like, what happens if Al Qaeda comes back and plans another attack from Afghanistan, you know, like, that is not outside of the realm of possibility. And then it's like, do we go back? And so this is, um, there's a reason why that region is called, the, the, I should say, the reason this area is called the Graveyard of Empires is the British fucked around in that country for a good 100 years and then shortly afterwards lost their empire. Then the Soviets went and fucked around in there and then they collapsed and now we're leaving and our political process is rather broken so you know this is um the, the didn't uh alexander the great collapse and die from alcohol poisoning and exhaustion out in the middle east in that area i do not know i, I can't remember i thought he died all the way in india but maybe he uh, did yeah maybe it was india yeah but yeah i was and, definitely far away from macedonia yeah yeah i was gonna say on a on a you know on an empire killing spree or whatever. I don't know. Right. So, (laughs) you know, this is a very, very sticky problem um, that probably isn't going to go away, even though we have now exited. Um, And so for sure, we're going to have to, and we, we have a, a mission, a very clear mission currently in front of us, which is hold the airport, get as many of our allies and coalition citizens out of that country as we possibly can and then go from there but we have a very clear short-term mission and so please call your congress people and support this like it is a it is really and and we can do uh at the state level we can do a lot of important things uh the governor of utah um the governor of oregon has sent letters to um uh, the president saying they're ready, willing, and able to accept refugees. I hope that Jared Polis does the same. We should be uh, getting these people into our communities. They are, it is not only the right thing to do, but is the smart thing to do because it will it will enrich our communities. They start businesses and they become super awesome American patriots. And frankly, we need some more of those right now. So uh, let's get some fucking Afghans over here. Godspeed, everybody. Thank you.